How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Only Fee Only podcast. And as always, thank you so much for being here and spending some time with us. We are looking forward to XYP and live, and we are going about getting the details together and going to be finalizing everything soon. So stay tuned for an update as to what's going to be going on at XYP and live. Obviously, we're going to be throwing that cocktail hour like we always do. And we love being able to see all of you advisors there. So stay tuned for that. In this episode, we got the chance to talk to Brian Thorpe, who is the CEO and founder of Wealthender, uh, which is a platform that's helping literally thousands of Americans each month to make informed and educated decisions on hiring a financial advisor and giving financial advisors a platform to really show people what they're about and writing articles and doing a bunch of different things. And and it was so cool to learn about what they're doing. And he says it a lot better than I ever could. But we've known Brian for several years now. Um, So kind of early on in the journey of Wealthender all the way to what they're doing now. And they have a ton of people that are visiting their site each month. Um, and we've known a lot of advisors that have had great luck uh, on the Wealth Tender platform. So, without further ado, here is Brian Thorpe on the Only Fee Only podcast vendor series. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Only Fee Only podcast. I'm Peter Travolo. I'm here with my co host, Brock. How's it going, Brock? I'm living, PD. I'm living. Love to hear it. Fresh off your bachelor party. And today yeah. we have Brian <laughs> Thorpe with us from Wealth Tender, part of the vendor series, partner series that we're doing for the fee only community. So, Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, though I'm sorry I missed the bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, good, maybe a good thing. So, um, well, Brian's the founder and CEO of Wealth Tender, um, and I'll let him speak for himself. So, for those who don't know who Brian Thorpe is, or who Wealth Tender is. You want to give a quick 30, 60 second overview of who you are and what you're currently doing? Sure. I appreciate it, Peter. So I've been in the business for about 25 years. Uh, prior to launching Wealth Tender, worked at Invesco, where I was the head of the key account team there. A lot of great experience, good people, but was ready for a change and had the opportunity to launch my own business, Wealth Tender, that I founded in 2019 really for advisors, a digital marketing platform to help advisors get found online and convert more prospects into clients. And the way that we're doing that is we are the first SEC-compliant financial advisor review platform. And we've seen about half a million people that have visited the website in the last 12 months, predominantly coming to articles that we've published on the site. They're oriented to helping people find an advisor and learn more about how they can make smarter money moves. So it's been a lot of fun building the site, and I know we're going to have a great opportunity here to talk about that today. Yeah, absolutely. So you said how many how many visitors did you say you've gotten in the last 12 months, Brian? A little over half a million. And then yeah. we also have a syndication partnership with MSN.com where we're able to put a lot of our articles on MSN feature advisors who are quoted in those articles. And year to date, we've seen over 2 million page views of the articles we've published out there. That's crazy, man. And it's so cool because we, we've we talked in the past, right? We've talked in the years past. And it's been cool to kind of see how your business has grown. But like, take me, take me from the top. When you first decided, hey, I'm going to get out of this 25-year career and go do something else, like where was your mindset? What was your vision? How did that all kind of come about? 
Yeah. So, you know, I've always been a big believer that regulatory change creates opportunities for disruption. And while the SEC marketing rule hadn't come out yet, we were starting to hear rumors that they may come off their prohibition of client testimonials. But in advance of that, really wanted to get Wealth Tender launched with a little bit of a different approach than other find and advisor sites that are out there. So a number of other sites immediately start by asking consumers to provide a lot of very personal information, you know, how much they have in investable assets, their income, things that are fairly off-putting. And so we wanted to be much more inviting and follow a similar uh, approach to a site like NerdWallet that does a, an amazing job of driving consumer traffic to articles that are oriented to information that consumers want to learn about, things that are relevant to them. But unlike NerdWallet that really focuses on funneling people into credit cards and robo-advisors, we're extremely focused on helping people understand the benefits of working with a financial advisor. And so that was a lot of fun, really orienting the uh, original platform around uh, a lot of content, helping consumers learn more about the advisors in our community, as well as helping advisors not only get quoted in articles on WealthTender, but also through writers who are regularly reaching out and looking for advisors to provide quotes for articles they're publishing and major media outlets that could include the Associated Press and affiliates around the country. So that was a great opportunity for us at the core. And then to also say, you know, hey, we know, and this was pre-COVID, but we know a lot of people increasingly are comfortable having conversations like we're doing today online and meeting with an advisor online. And then, of course, COVID accelerated that trend where both advisors and consumers recognized the opportunity to you know, avoid sitting in traffic and just working with an advisor online and advisors to work with clients online. So we, we like to also say that zip code should be a factor in helping a consumer find an advisor. But that's still how a lot of find an advisor sites start their search is saying, put in your zip code. We'll find the three best advisors for you. Like maybe if you're looking to order a pizza, putting in your zip code is going to be really important, but a financial advisor may not necessarily need to be just down the street. So we still help people find an advisor locally, but increasingly really helping people find the best advisor for them. So if they're starting their search by saying, I only want to work with a CFP or I only want to work with a fee-only advisor, let's start there and then narrow down that search to an advisor locally if they want to work with a, a local advisor or maybe they want to work with an advisor on the other side of the country because that advisor specializes in something truly important to them, whether they're you know, a business owner or uh, we had a, an advisor recently joined that specializes in working with anesthesiologists. So now I know how to spell anesthesiologists. I think <laughs> I just said anesthesiologists three times in a row without screwing it up. <laughs> so that's a there big part it. of what we're doing, helping consumers get to the best advisors and importantly, helping advisors attract their ideal clients. Very yeah. cool. So, yeah. I mean, really, there's three different levels, right, of consumers, if you will, or parties here. I mean, there's the end consumer, right, someone who searches trying to find a financial advisor. Then there's the financial advisors themselves. And then I guess there's you who's operating the business. So just kind of want to get a perspective on, you know, I think on the consumer side, a lot of people, they understand on the search engine side. But what else is there? that the consumer is seeing that separates you from other search engines that are out there? Sure. So there's uh, you know a number of other sites that are out there that advisors can join and be featured in a directory. And those can often be good for an advisor's SEO. So you know as a fee-only podcast, there's the fee-only network. And we encourage advisors to join the fee-only network if they qualify because the platform has done a nice job of providing SEO. 
with that said, you know, whether it's a platform like Fionly Network or others, many of those have one directory. And it's, again, primarily focused on helping people find an advisor based on zip code or particular characteristics that can be useful. But we're really just trying to take that, you know, several steps beyond where we can help with the advisors that join WealthTender with what we like to say is multiple shots on goal. So not only being found in a directory with interactive maps and tools for consumers that are starting their search looking for a local advisor, but also based upon these areas of specialization. And then increasingly, now with the SEC marketing rule fully in effect, we know looking at other trust-based professions, doctors, lawyers, when consumers are looking to hire an advisor, a doctor, a lawyer, it's all about trust. And that's where online reviews can be so impactful. And our platform looks to the SEC marketing rule, the 400 pages that they put out, and understands what the platform needs to incorporate in order for those reviews to be fully fully compliant. So sites like Google Reviews, Yelp, they, they don't incorporate the compliance disclosures or other workflows that are going to be important for an advisor to truly get started with online reviews. And so we've solved for that on our platform. But what's great is now as an advisor, when you get at least five reviews on your WealthTender profile, those gold stars are going to show up in Google search results, and you're getting positive trust signals sent to Google's algorithms, which is helping advisors rank even higher in Google as well. Yeah, no, that's cool. so brilliant, man. And, and the thing that I love is that you guys kind of started from square one saying, why is it that every, sti- every site starts with put your zip code in here? Right. And I, I guess us being an organization that works with advisors across the country, it makes sense to us that we kind of think about, well, yeah, sure. Why, if you if you live in Indiana, but you work in the tech space, you very well may want to work with an advisor from California who specializes in that. Right. And so you guys took that idea and that was kind of the premise. Like, why is this kind of archaic way of finding a financial advisor still what is kind of the status quo today? And then you've developed all these other things to kind of change the way that you guys are going about presenting the advisor to everybody else and the reviews, um, which is really unique because, because, I mean, the vast majority of the sites that you go to. So when you when you were first starting, were you looking at these other sites and saying, hey, here's what I kind of don't like? Here's what I want to change. Like what was kind of the, the in the beginning, what were you looking at and, and how did you decide that you wanted to do it this particular way? Yeah, great question. So, so much that I didn't like. I mean, so many of these sites that were just directory sites, many of which scraped regulatory databases. And even if you as an advisor didn't sign up to be featured in that directory, there you are. And so essentially, they're, they're stealing your SEO as an advisor where yeah, you've got a directory listing, but they're more focused on getting that traffic to your profile page and then funneling that consumer to advisors that are actually paying to be featured on that service. So, you know, the regulatory database scraping, it's just kind of a, you know, turnoff, right? For consumers, there's no real value add. It's not really beneficial to advisors. So that was definitely something we didn't want to do. And then we also looked to, again, other trust-based professions, industries like doctors, lawyers, sites like ZocDoc, Lawyers.com, Avo.com, that attract millions of people each year who are looking for a professional. And rather than recreating the wheel, we saw what those best practices were. And we just really hadn't seen anything like that in the financial advisor space, partly because nobody had really invested the time or the energy or the focus without having that opportunity to take take advantage of online reviews. So 
we anticipated that that was coming, wanted to go ahead and build a better mousetrap even without the reviews feature. And now with the addition of the reviews, we can really look to what we've designed at WealthTender to be best practices looking at ZocDoc, looking at Lawyers.com, other sites that have been tremendously successful, not only for the consumers using those platforms, but for the professionals who are featured to take advantage of those digital marketing benefits and the opportunity to get connected with prospective clients as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So taking a step back, I mean, was the no reviews around like the rules around it? Was it a around since the beginning of the sec like when did the change start occurring what like what were people thinking on different sides because i think for many people they're like holy cow how has it only just come around that reviews are finally allowed i mean so many people they're used to looking at yelp and you know different reviews i mean what's just kind of the backstory with that and what's made that change Sure. So it actually dates back to when John F. Kennedy was in office, right? So, you know, we're talking over 60 years ago when it was prior to that point where testimonials to a degree were permitted, but really when this rule came into effect um, that prohibited reviews was around that point in time. And when I say prohibited reviews, you know, really think about that as prohibiting testimonials. The concern of the SEC at that time, obviously there weren't online review platforms, but their concern was financial advisors having clients or other promoters uh, sharing testimonials that could be promissory in their language, you know, suggesting, hey, this advisor earned me 20% and compounded monthly returns, or, you know, you need to sign up with this advisor because they'll triple your investments or the, you know, portfolio that they established for me just, you know, outperforms each and every month. So really more oriented, dating back to 60 years ago, when the SEC and the definition of a registered investment advisor was truly much more focused on the delivery of portfolio management, investment management. And then you flash forward 60 years, it was really the realization by the SEC that, you know, look, we can put in, uh, you know, belts and suspenders approach, do what we do best, which is, you know, regulating and providing prescriptive guidance to how advisors can utilize testimonials, but do so with the appropriate uh, safeguards in place so that we can still protect the best interest of consumers, right? So as an industry, there's been so much work done to protect the best interest of clients. And so this is really the SEC saying, look, online reviews are being used by consumers across every industry, every profession, including doctors, lawyers, right? So why wouldn't we allow the same for consumers to be able to make more informed and educated decisions by looking at the reviews of advisors as well? So kudos to the SEC in 2019 when they first proposed this rule and put forth the the guidance in terms of, okay, let's permit advisors to finally be able to ask their clients for reviews. Um, But let's make sure that as we do so, we do so in a manner that's very thoughtful. And ultimately, once those reviews or testimonials are published, that those disclosures are there to ensure that people understand if the individual who wrote the review is a client, if they were compensated, what conflicts might exist, and then prohibiting certain language if it is promissory or if it's you know, suggesting that advisor is going to just deliver outsized, you know, Bernie Madoff style performance that uh, right. uh, we, we wouldn't want to have out there. Well, and that seems like more of the uh, historical, like you said, that kind of was associated more with returns and the return on the portfolio and how much you were going to get. And back there, you, it, I've heard a lot of people in the past not say I have a financial planner, but I either have an insurance guy or I have an investment guy, right? And that's what it was always right. about. So it makes kind of sense, right? When your value prop to your client was, 
I'm your investment guy and we've performed historically well, you know, this has been the percentage that we've returned to clients, whatever. Whereas now who you're working with, it's much more about financial planners, right? And that's who we're talking about, which is a much different job than just the investment guy. I mean, you're doing everything from helping people manage their cash flow to budgeting to estate planning to, yeah, part of it could be investment management, but it's a lot more comprehensive. So it's kind of different in nature than it used to be as well. Yeah, 100%. And in fact, you know, the 600 reviews we've seen that advisors have received and earned over the last uh, several months since they've been able to get started on our platform, what we see within those reviews, consumers aren't writing about investment performance. They're writing about their experience. They're writing about how that advisor makes them feel. And that's really what it's all about. And so ultimately, you don't see a lot of you know, risky content within these reviews that you know, rises to that level of problematic Rather, you see just a lot more information that people are sharing. This advisor has just been terrific. They helped me solve for this. My family really enjoys meeting with them. You know, any number of things around more how they make them feel. And ultimately, that's what, as other consumers are reading those reviews, that's what they're focused on increasingly. You know, it's, it's can I trust this advisor, not how, how you know, much is he going to be able to outperform the S&P 500 in any given year? Yeah. 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 So um, I am curious, because you've had a lot of exposure to advisors, right? And you've gotten the chance to talk to a lot of advisors, and you've gotten the chance to talk to them about being on Tender. For advisors out there, because I think sometimes it's good to hear someone's opinion who's not an advisor, what have you seen that are the character traits of advisors that are successful, right, that, that have kind of come on the platform? Do they have a defined mission statement? Are they niche or not niche? What, what have you kind of seen there? Sure. Really great question. So a number of things I would highlight here. Um, We do have, in many areas, a younger demographic of advisors who naturally are comfortable with digital marketing. They maybe are a little bit more forward-thinking in terms of signing up to a a newer platform and curious to see how they can really make it work for them. Um, Especially lately, you know, that opportunity to get started with online reviews, that younger demographic of advisors, as well as you know, many of the the you know more mature advisors, I would say that have the gray hair like me on the platform, um, understand the the benefits of how powerful online reviews can be. So it's those advisors that have really embraced that opportunity and getting over that fear that a lot of advisors have. That is, um, you know, questioning. Okay, well, it's going to be awkward to ask my clients to write a review, which we would all agree. I mean, that's just an awkward, um, you know, feeling. But at the same time, we provide templates, and we we know we've got a good uh, approach to help advisors, you know, navigate that. Beyond that, you know, the advisors that are really interested in being proactive with their marketing. Um, clearly, there are a lot of advisors that work with consultants that you know come at a higher cost, but provide a lot of high-touch services to help advisors with their marketing. And we work with a number of consultants and agencies that are interested in helping advisors leverage the benefits of our platform. But specifically, there are a lot of advisors that are more hands-on, more DIY when it comes to their marketing activities. And so those that really take advantage of creating their profile on WealthTender and then getting started with online reviews. And as they see opportunities to get quoted in the media, they're quick to respond to those that are in areas of topical interest to their practice. So being proactive for those types of opportunities, or we have a popular series called Ask an Advisor, where advisors can respond to questions from readers that we can then publish on WealthTender, syndicate to MSN, and see a, a tremendous amount of visibility that we're able to create for advisors that participate in those types of opportunities. And then as a result, 
you know, they're driving backlinks to their site that helps with SEO. They're getting those reviews showing up not only on WealthTender, but also in Google. And they can leverage tools from WealthTender to publish those client testimonials on their website as well. So those advisors that are really interested in rolling up their sleeves and taking advantage of all of the different benefits that we can offer are, are definitely the ones that are, are making the most of it. But then similarly, those that are working with consultants and leveraging those resources to do the same. Great points there. So if an advisor is looking to get signed up with WealthTender, um, what's that engagement kind of look like? What's the onboarding process? And like, what are just some main bullet points that they get? I mean, they get a listing on your website. They might get into some content. You mind just going over that real quick? Sure. So advisors that are interested can go to wealthtender.com forward slash grow, and we provide details of the different plans that we offer. Most advisors, when they sign up, will take advantage of our service to set the advisor's profile up for them. So at no additional cost, we can look to their website, their bio, their LinkedIn, their other directory listings elsewhere and put that together for them. So it just takes about two minutes for advisors that choose that option to get started. And then from there, within a couple of days, we'll share that profile. They can then sign in, edit their profile, further personalize it, uh, and then start to get to know the different benefits. We'll send a link to an onboarding form that starts to highlight many of the different benefits they can choose, further personalize their experience. And then they're going to start seeing those opportunities to get quoted in the media uh, coming in. Um, if they want to get started with online reviews, we provide them with the playbook, the templates. And you know we're always happy to jump on calls with advisors that have questions as well. So a very seamless onboarding process, again, just takes maybe a couple of minutes to get started out of the gate. And then really up to the advisors in terms of how much additional time they want to to focus in, whether it's you know right out of the gate getting started with reviews and opportunities to build their media presence, or uh, maybe taking a more staged approach where they just start with the SEO benefits of getting featured on the site, and then when they have capacity, especially over these summer months, you know maybe have a little bit more time to start participating and maybe getting started with online reviews and some of those types of opportunities. I love absolutely, it. I love man, it. absolutely. So I mean, as a fintech founder. Right. And uh, really coming on here as one of the first ones who we've had. I mean, what's it been like building the business the last three or four years? If you don't mind just kind of going into like the yeah. marketing and the strategy and partnerships, like just I mean, a lot of people in this space, you know, we'll talk to people who they're not fee only, they're fee based or they're another insurance agent, but they kind of know enough about our space that they could be dangerous. So for those who are curious about what it's like to even operate one of these businesses, I mean, what, like, what's the day to day like? What's the, you know, what's Brian's plan of attack? Yeah, so lots of great questions in there. So, you know, at the outset, getting the site up and running, you know, there were a lot of things I would, in hindsight, do differently, right? So, you, you know, you've got to build the platform itself. And so just the website generally. And so that's seen various iterations. And, you know, today I have a tremendous website developer that I work with. Um, there were some experiments along the way working with offshore development teams, which at an early stage for a business, I definitely don't recommend. Um, but then beyond just getting the, the platform up and running and then finding the right team members to come aboard, uh, you know, from a web development perspective or assistance in other areas, you know, that's really critical. But importantly, for a site like WealthTender as well, you know, we're really focused on driving traffic to the site organically. Um, we've really focused in on that high quality content. And you can't just expect when you put high quality content on a website that the traffic is going to follow. 
So have also done a, a considerable effort in terms of our own SEO search engine optimization efforts to build those links that are so valuable um, back to the website. And so the, the first couple of years was really working with a terrific team of contributing writers, getting great content on the site, making sure that the, the website itself uh, was up and running and becoming increasingly professional. And then after the first couple of years of ensuring that we had everything really looking good, feeling good, lots of learnings along the way is when we really started to introduce the platform to advisors, inviting them to join. And really a couple of years ago, um, a different experience than where it is today because we weren't able to get started with the online reviews feature when the SEC marketing rule came out. We really devoted a lot of our time and energy towards understanding the rule fully becoming essentially compliance experts, and then ensuring that we had that platform feature rolled out because it would be so um, you know, prominent to our business. And then flash forward to today, you know, the day-to-day -to -day is much different where we have a, a terrific platform. We've got the tremendous content. We, we're, we see a lot of that traffic. So you know, we don't step away from any of that, but it definitely takes a lot less time to kind of be in more maintenance mode and then just enhancement mode versus true development mode. And so today, uh, a lot more of our activity is outward facing in terms of business development, the partnerships, like you mentioned, uh, love you guys. And so the opportunity to get the word out on podcasts like yours, and then also just being out there, you know, we've just come off, um, you know, participating in several conferences, getting in front of advisors, getting in front of potential partners, whether it's uh, national wealth management firms or compliance consultants, uh, other marketing agencies and potential partners. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. You know, it's a lot of fun right now, just getting the word out and, you know, really building the brand. And, you know, while we're uh, building the brand within the industry, a big part of what we're also focused on is building our brand with consumers. And so it's really managing as if you think about us as a marketplace to connect consumers with advisors, you know, continuing to build that wealth tender brand as well, uh, not only through that content and the traffic that we're driving, but through our own media outreach efforts with consumer, um, you know, consumer media. That's awesome, man. I First and foremost, man, I just want to say I absolutely love what you're doing. It's been cool to watch you guys grow and kind of the evolution of Wealthender um, and everything that you guys are doing. I think it's I think it's huge. And I, I think you guys are going to continue to be with have rocket fuel and keep exploding into space, man. So um, appreciate you coming on for people that want to reach out or that have questions. How can they get a hold of you or what's the best way to kind of get get uh, answer any questions that they might have? Yeah, so by email, brian at wealthtender.com or again, wealthtender.com forward slash grow where advisors can learn a lot more about the platform as well as scheduling a demo. And of course, LinkedIn, always out there and easy to find there as well. Awesome, man. Well, appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for the time. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Brock.